This is Toastcaster, Volume 14, podcast for Toastmasters. Your host, Greg Gazin. This episode, Striving for the World Championship, Part 2. Well, we hope you enjoyed Part 1 of Striving for the World Championship. We have back with us Martin Presse and, as well, our guest host, Karen Tober, Prairie Horizons Editor for 2008-2009. In Part 2, Martin will continue to speak with us. He'll give us a little bit of advice on speaking and contests, which is both valuable for new Toastmasters and seasoned Toastmasters. He's going to talk about the importance of visualizing and the importance of self-talk. So here we go with part two, striving for the world championship. On the subject of contests, what advice would you give to the still scared stiff Toastmaster? It is, without a doubt, the greatest single experience that you might have in your life. It is exciting, it is fun, it is challenging, it will push you in ways that you never thought imaginable. Uh, Ed, Ed Tate told me, he said, you know, it's amazing to know this, but when you're preparing for this, you are one of ten people in the world who's up in the middle of the night writing a speech while everybody else is sleeping. And he said, that's what it takes to get here. And that's what it was. I would get up at three o'clock in the morning and write until seven or eight o'clock, go to work, and, and really not work much because your mind is so focused on this one event. It is really just the most amazing experience. And I would encourage everybody to try it because competing will elevate your abilities to a, a level that you never thought possible because you're, you're competing against people you don't know. So you are just wanting to give your best all the time. So when you're up there at 3 o'clock in the morning writing your speech and then you're and then the speech is done and you're practicing. Do you also kind of take time to sit and practice mental imagery to see yourself on the stage? Like, did you do that kind of imaging? Yeah, that's one of the things that uh, Craig Valentine and I talked about when I was in Baltimore back in March. Visualizing is something that every professional athlete does, every Olympian does, and every speaker should do. It worked wonders for me, and I would sit silently, quietly, sometimes for an hour, and just visualizing, visualizing what it would feel like to be up on that stage. And quite often you do get very emotional because you you get into that moment and, and you feel it. You really feel it. So when I walked across that curtain and faced the 1,500 people, it was like I'd been there 50 times. No and kidding. I, yeah, and I knew, that I, I knew that I would really like it. I knew that I would enjoy the moment when I would look up and I would hear the microphone get turned on and the lights would go on and the lights would be hot and I knew that uh, that would be a very exciting moment and I wanted to experience it for real, not just in my mind. <laughs> and it, it was great uh, when I looked up and saw two of my very best friends, and you'll notice it on the film too, um, two of my very best friends are sitting in the front row and I gave them a little wink because they looked <laughs> so nervous. <laughs> and I wanted to tell them, it, it's okay, this is a great thing, you know, we're going to have fun here today. And it was, it was just a tremendous experience. So visualizing, yes, very important, do it, it makes all the difference. What advice would you give to the seasoned Toastmaster who has plateaued? Like maybe they're, they don't see themselves as performing at that level or they don't. That's a very scary place. There's a lot of emotion that comes into play. What do you think? What's advice for them? Set new goals. I work with uh, Lance Miller, and I think he's got 16 CTMs, and he's been a Toastmaster now for 13 or 14 years. 
and just set new goals. Go through a new manual every single year, and just I think that one of the biggest mistakes people make is they just stop setting goals for themselves. That's one thing I've learned for myself this year. Is every year I will go through a manual, whatever it is, I will go through a manual and, and get it done. And so for people who've been in the club for 20 years, start a new club, but set a goal, set a goal for yourself. So how long have you been a Toastmaster? Two and a half years. You're kidding. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? It's, it's not fair, though. It's not fair. I have been working as an entertainer for um, about five years. And so, and I've been on the radio. I worked as a as a morning guy. I, I volunteered at a radio station oh, in no the small town. Yeah, because I wanted to learn how to speak off the cuff. And there was a small country gospel radio station in my small hometown here of Otasquin. And they were looking for a morning guy, and it's a volunteer. And I said, "Hey, I'm your guy, <laughs> and I'll do it." That was really, really good experience. Uh, learning how to read, man. <laughs> It's such a simple thing, but learning how to read on the air, that was not easy. So that has helped a lot. And then I do a lot of stage hypnosis shows. That has helped. So facing four or 500 people really doesn't face me anymore. I find it really exciting more than nerve-wracking. I guess. That's why it's not fair. I've been, you know, I've been in Toastmasters (laughs) for two years, but entertaining for five. So it makes a big difference. But obviously the Toastmasters program helped you fine-tune those things. That's why I joined Toastmasters, because I felt that I had plateaued. And so I thought, well, how can I be better? There's got to be an organization out there that uh, will make me look more professional, more refined, more clean cut, and uh, quicker, always quicker. You know, you want to be faster on your feet. And Toastmasters is the best organization in the world for that. It sounds like you were quite fearless. Uh, Sometimes I think that the the biggest challenge is being afraid of making a fool of yourself in public. I know that's one of my fears. But it sounds like you just took the bull by the horns and went, sure, I can do this. Um, Let the chips fall where they may. (laughs) It's very true. Uh, Most people don't want to make a fool of themselves in public. A few minutes before the contest, I told Romana, I'm going to make a fool out of myself. (laughs) This is it. (laughs) The worst possible thing that every Toastmaster feels, and here I am living it. And uh, she was very quiet, and I loved her quietness, and she just said, "Just, just do it. Just do it. And that's what I needed, just someone to help me calm down and relax and know, hey, wait a minute, you can speak the language. You can say English words. You're okay. (laughs) That's what it comes down to. We're not there to cure cancer. We're not there to uh, find subatomic particles. We're we're there to speak and tell a story, and we can do that. On your very worst day, you can do that. You can tell a story. Fear is a good thing. You know, fear is a good thing. Be afraid and get through it. Be afraid and just get through it. And, you know, your shoulders are that much bigger because of it. What has been the most challenging hurdle to overcome in your Toastmasters journey to date? That day, the one hour before the contest, when I heard Jenna say, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) 10 of the very best speakers in the world are in this room here today. And then she named them all off. And then I thought, oh, my God, I don't even know the first three lines to my speech. (laughs) How can I be one of the? Ten, how can I be one of the ten best in the world? This is, this is a land for the slaughter. That is without a doubt. If you're going to pinpoint a moment, that would be it. Believing in myself, believing in the fact that I could possibly be, on that day, this year, one of the ten best in the world, and and having to just go, you know what? I deserve to be here. I've earned it. I've competed and I've won and I've paid the price. I've traveled and I've trained and I've listened and. I deserve to be here. Just like the other nine people, I deserve to be here. And just telling myself that over and over again.
I would sure agree with that. Was there ever a time in your life where you maybe didn't believe in yourself? Oh, man, I, I could write a book. I grew up with really, really low self-esteem right up until I was about 18, 19 years old. And I think like a lot of teenagers, so I, I shouldn't say woe is me, but I, I went through a really bad spell there. It stayed with me sort of on and off a little bit until my mid-20s. And what I learned was that for most of my life, I just I talked to myself in a really negative fashion. God, you're so stupid. Why are you so lazy? Why can't you do anything right? And, and it just became a way of talking to myself. And one day I read a book. I can't remember the name of the book, and I really should, but uh, it talked about, you know, just, uh, the way that people talk to themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and just keep saying the right things. You know, you're smart, you're okay, people like you, people want to be around you, you're confident, you're strong, blah, blah, blah. And that felt so awkward at first, but I did it for six months, a year, hundreds of times a day. And that helped me to overcome that barrier that I placed in front of myself. So, yes, I didn't believe in myself for many, many years until I was in my mid-20s. That's good news for some of us out there, I can tell you that. You have some letters behind your name. Is that something that keeps you focused on what's what's next? And can you tell us about that, your, your letters? Oh, the <laughs> WTPS? That's the one. Oh, okay. I got that from, uh, I think it was Jim Key who told me to start doing that. <laughs> so I signed my emails, future WCPS, future world champion in public speaking. That's what it is. You know, yes. At some point, the, the judges will make a grievous mistake and give me the championship. <laughs> so if I keep showing up, somebody will eventually give it to me one day. <laughs> well, I want to be there. I want to be there when that happens. Well, I want to be there, too. <laughs> oh. What's next for Martin Pressey? In terms of what? You had quite a run. You had quite a rush. Now, of course, the pressure's off. What's the next step? I'm going to probably finish a couple of manuals this year. I am writing a lot more than I have. I was working with uh, Craig Valentine a few months ago, and he said, every time you come up with a story, even if it's 10 lines, write it down. If you remember something from your childhood, if it's four lines, write it down and file all that stuff away because those are many speeches just waiting to come together. So I write a lot more. I'm going to probably travel to some of the uh, fall conferences. Seattle and New York City have called, and they're interested, so I've sent them my information. So presenting is another one of my calls. I'd like to present a good 50 or 60 keynote addresses in 2009, so we'll see how that goes. Look at those numbers, 50 or 60. It's like, oh, you know, a couple, 50 or 60. <laughs> it was gonna, well, combine that, I mean, with the shows. If I do 24 shows this year, I do another 30 or 40 speeches. So, you, I, you know, I bring those together. One of the things that I'm working on right now is with Lance Miller. Actually, this is just really relatively new. We would like to present a keynote address to the Native community where I live. It's called The Way to Happiness. And it's 21 rules to live a good, healthy, happy life. And so we're, we're going to look at putting that together and presenting that to communities around where I live. So that's another project. Any plans in, our, in presenting in our neck of the woods? I would love to. I'm open. If anybody would like for me to present at their, uh, at their event, I, I would love to, to see what I can do. I have a really neat keynote address. It's called the WAC, W-A-C. And it's the power of words, action, and commitment. And if you use those three tools on a daily basis, it'll make all the difference. So I'm, I'm, I would like to present that one a little bit more and really refine it and get it down. I'd like to save that one. That sounds like another podcast all by itself. <laughs> it's neat. Yeah. 
yeah. And I presented it to a what's that kind of book? And a well, book. And yeah, a book. It, it, it might be a and small a book. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> yeah. And a video game. Yeah. <laughs> and some sneakers. Whack. <laughs> 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 It's like whack yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well, Martin, you know, I think I think it's time for us to wrap up. This has been absolutely fantastic. First of all, I want to thank Karen Tober, who's the Prairie Horizons editor for District 42 for 2008 and 2009, for taking the time to come up with these incredible questions. And this is Karen's first time, and you did an awesome job. And it's also nice to hear someone speak other than myself. <laughs> <laughs> and Martin Presse. I think that you're the next world champion of public Thanks speaking. For we're it. all rooting for you. We're all, <laughs> we're all, you know what? We were there rooting for you every step Thanks. of the way. Thanks. Were you there? That, you were there that night, weren't you? Or that morning? Absolutely. Yeah, you were there. Okay. Yeah. And it was fun, wasn't I it? I was there. I'm... <laughs> it was wild. <laughs> it was absolutely wild. I was way in the oh, back. Okay. I was actually sitting. I was sitting in the last. Oh. oh. But I and what and when you mentioned about remembering, I still remember you. At the district speech, standing there with your with your with your arms pointing towards yeah. the stands, I remember at Region in South Dakota your words, "I believe in yeah. you," and of course the words I remember from Crazy Ex Lovers is "No more." No more. And it's amazing. Those are just things that I'll never forget, and they seem to be permanently ingrained in my <laughs> brain. So. Obviously, you made it stick with me, and for, to make it stick with me is sometimes a challenge. <laughs> well, thanks for the kind words. I appreciate it. <laughs> Karen, you did a great job. Well, thank you, Martin. And you, right. you were so approachable, and I just really appreciate your time that you took to do this with me and Greg's very confident help. And in, in, I know he's going to edit this and make it look wonderful. But the, the content, really, that you provided needs no editing. So thank you so much. And now I'm moved. I'm moved to tears. Oh man, so I couldn't have. I couldn't thank half the people that I wanted to. I just my mind was done. I couldn't read anymore. So, but I mean Edmonton, Calgary, the, all the clubs. They were just so helpful. Uh, Russ Dantu down in Calgary just put an amazing group of people together, and without them, I would not have made it. Everybody thinks that speaking is a one-person thing. It is not. It is a team sport. Right. It is a team sport, and and one person cannot do, cannot travel this road. It's just impossible. You know, if I can get it out there one more time, I you know I want to thank everybody, my club, my mentors, the Edge Club, Edmonton, Calgary, everybody. They were just so terrific. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> Let's say once again. Our guest host is Karen Tober, Prairie Horizons editor for 2008-2009. She's with the Telecommunicators Club in District 42 in Edmonton. And Martin Presse from the Camrose Toastmasters Club. Martin actually is from Wetaskiwin. And Martin was the finalist at the Toastmasters International 2008 speech contest that was held in Calgary. Well, I'd like to thank you both very much. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Martin. Bye-bye. All right. Well done. That was Striving for the World Championship, Part 2, with Martin Presse and guest host Karen Tober, Prairie Horizons Editor for District 42, 2008-2009. Hope you enjoyed the episode. This is Greg Gazin. Toastcaster is available at www.toastcaster.com. It's available free through iTunes at apple.ca and available through your favorite podcast feeder. This is Greg Gazin saying, have a great day.